So now let's read. I'm gonna record the uh, 212th and 20th part of Cleges, okay? And you're gonna see uh, more 10 minutes and afterwards more 10 minutes and so on and so forth. Okay, so let's check it out. When Cleges heard this talk, he went in haste to the court, where there was no joy or gladness there. For all the people were sad and prostrated because of the impress who is only feigning to be ill. For the illness of which she complains causes her no grief or pain. But she has told them all that she wishes no one to enter her room so long as her sickness maintains its grip with its accompanying. in her heart and head. She makes an exception, however, in favor of the emperor and his nephew, not wishing to place a ban upon them. But she will not care if the emperor, her lord, does not come for Cleage's sake, for your sake, for Cleage's sake. She is incompelled to pass through great pain and peril. It distresses her that he does not come, for she has no desire to see anyone but him. Cleges, however, will soon be there to tell her of what she has seen and found. He came into the room and spoke to her, but stayed only a moment for fairness, in order that they might think she was annoyed, but what pleased her soul cried out aloud. Be gone, be gone, it serve and bother me too much, for I am so serious, seriously ill that reach her mistress. Beside the fire, besides the fire, she finds her stripped, severely wounded and injured. She puts her back in their beer again, and over her she spreads a cloth, while the ladies go to give their reward to the three doctors. Three doctors. Without wishing to wait for the emperor or the seneschal. Out of the windows, they threw them down into the courtyard, breaking the necks, ribs, arms and legs of all. No better piece of work was ever done by any ladies. Now the three doctors have received their grossome reward at the hands of the ladies, but great cleages in terror stricken and filled with grief upon hear of the pain and merry done which his sweetheart has endured for him. He's almost beside himself, fearing greatly, and with good reason, that she may be dead or badly injured by the her by the three physicians who now are dead. So he's in despair and despondency. Then Tessala comes, bringing with her a very precious ointment. Ointment.
and they laid her back and her beard, the ladies wrapped her again in a cloth of Syrian stuff, leaving her face uncovered. All that night there is no abatement of the cries they raise unceasingly. Throughout the city, high and low, poor and rich, and are beside and would fain never be comforted. All that night the grief continues. The next morning John came to the court, and the emperor sends for him and issues to him this command. John, if you ever, though, wrotest a fine piece of work, now put it forth and show all thy skill in constructing such a sepulchre, as for beauty and workmanship shall have no match. And John, who had already performed the task, says that she has already completed one which is very fine and cleverly wrought. But when he began the work, he had no thought that other than a holy body should be laid in it. Now let the impress be lady in need and buried in some sacred place, for she, I think, in sanctified. You have spoken well, says the emperor. She shall be buried yonder, my lord, St. Peter's church, where bodies are wont to be interred. For before her death, she made his request of me that I should have her buried there. Now, Now go about your task and place your sepulchre in the best position in the cemetery, where it ought to roughly to be. John replies, Very well, my lord. John at once takes this leave and prepares the sepulchre with a great skill. A feather bed. Cadê? The red hip place it inside. Because the stone were hard and cold, and in, the, in order that the old door may be sweet, he spreads flowers and leaves about. Another reason for doing this was that no one, ma, no one might perceive the mattress he had laid within the grave. Already mass had been said for the death in the church and parishes, and the bells were tolling continuously as is proper for the dead. Orders are given to bring the body to be laid in the sepulchre which John with all his skill has constructed so richly and handsomely. In all Constantinople, none remains, whether small or great, who does not follow the body in tears, cursing and reproaching death. Knights and youths alike grow fainty, fainty, while the ladies and damsels beat their breasts as they does find fault with the death, O oh, death, Christ each. Why this tea though not have the reason for my lady? Surely thy again was light enough, whereas the loss to us is great. Uh, and in this grave, Cleges surely bears his part, and he suffers and laments more than all the others. 
and it is strange he does not kill himself, but still he decides to put this off until the hour and the time shall come for him and disinter her and get possession of her and see whether she be alive or not. Over the cave stand the man who let down the body to this place, but with John there they do not meddle with the adjustments of the sarcophagus, and since they were so prostrated that they could not see <coughs> John had plenty of time to perform his special task. When the coffin was in its place and nothing else was in the grave, he sealed up, tiling the joints. When this was done, anyone have been skillful who, except by force and violence, could take away or losing anything which John had put inside. Fancy lies in the sepulchre until the darkness night come on, but the third night mount guard of her, and there are ten tapers burning there, which light up the place all about. The knights were weary and exhausted by the strain they had undergone, so they ate and drank that night until they all feel sound asleep. Then, when night came on, Cleides stood away from the court and from all his followers, so that there was no, not a single knight or servant who knew what had become of, become of him. He did not stop until he found John, who advises him as best as he can. He furnishes him with arms, but he will never have any need of them. Once armed, they both spur to the cemetery. The cemetery was enclosed all about with a high wall, so that the knights who had gone asleep after making the gate fast within could rest assured that no one would enter there. So that's it for now, up to now. And uh, I will keep reading the 10 minutes later on. Okay, so bye-bye, see ya.